Hello, and welcome to the Divine Feminine Leaders podcast. I am Celeste Hartwell, and what this show is, is a feminine view of entrepreneurship for women by women. And what that really means to me is that I have this deep-rooted passion to interview and showcase and introduce you to female entrepreneurs who are really living life on their terms. And what I mean by that is that they're either making millions of dollars or they're breaking societal norms and they're just loving what they do, helping people in a really profound way, whatever that means for them. And, and really just living life on their terms, re um, writing what old paradigms and paradoxes are for society. Um, and just allowing people to know that wherever you are, whoever you are, it's safe to be you. It's great. And so along those lines, I'm so honored and so excited to invite on today, Dr. Hazel Grace Yates. She is a radical permissionist and pleasure warrior here to help eradicate global toxic sexual shame. Through her compassion, playful and dynamic facilitation, she's endlessly passionate about humans celebrating their bodies, soul, and sex. Her innovative, fun, and educational style of sex and intimacy coaching is born out of her deep commitment to creating a more compassionate, loving, and safe world. With more than 12 years experience as a pioneering educator, she brings a unique blend of professional know-how, playful curiosity, authentic communication, and personal vulnerability to her practice. She is a trauma-informed somatic sex educationer, sexological bodywork practitioner, and founder of Sex Catalyst Academy, training world-class sex positive facilitators and leaders and just as a personal side note like as amazing as, as that bio is um dr hazel grace and i actually met at an authentic communication and relationship building camp a couple years ago when she was facilitating this incredible circle of men and women talking about Oh, just things around their sexuality that they maybe had never given voice to. And it was so powerful for me to share and to be seen and to be heard. And so that is why I really wanted to share her work with you. And so Dr. Hazel Grace, thank you so much for being here with us today. Welcome. I am like shaking, brimming with bubbly excitement to be here. Honored, super excited. I love you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. So tell me about a little bit about how did you get into this work? Like it is so powerful. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it, I think it's useful to have a picture of who I was before I was 29 and I was a, an educator and, um, facilitator for people with disabilities and I for most of my life I was like I am here for people with disabilities and that's why I'm on the planet uh, and also during that time sexuality and sex was not at all a part of my life because my first encounter with sex at 16 was by force and it was not talked about shame taboo and so it was just like I, I that that part of my life doesn't exist or is not important and I didn't understand at the time 
the, the price, the cost that that was in my life until I was 29 years old and I was at Burning Man Festival. And I did a workshop called orgasmic meditation. And I discovered for the first time where my clitoris was. And it was touched for the first time. And I would tell lovers before that, like, you can't touch me here. That's, this is my uh, urethra. Cause I thought my clitoris was my urethra. And so I didn't even understand my anatomy at the age of 29. And a series of things happened over the next couple of days in which I I experienced what I call my sexual awakening. And what I mean by that is I awoke to my power. I awoke to my pleasure. I awoke to um, pleasure is good and is natural and it's beautiful and it's healthy. And by me awakening to all of that in such a, a concentrated amount of time, I was just catapulted into this, this clarity of the next stage of my life, which is I am here to help the people that were like me who didn't know their pleasure or didn't know the importance of a healthy relationship to their body and um, to pleasure. And so, so for the last, you know, 10 years, I've dove in pretty deeply into, into this work to the point where I got my PhD in human sexuality. And it's a very long list of trainings in which I have done. And now I'm at the point of training other train, other facilitators, how to do this work, because I just keep at the end of the workshop, I have people come up to me and they're like, that was so amazing. Can you train me how to do what you're doing? Can I sign up for your training program? I'm like, well, I don't have one, but I'll make one. <laughs> so I made one. So um, I, I realized that the work and the potency of, of what I'm doing and, and what's really coming through me through the, I'm just the vessel for this, this wisdom, this brilliance that's coming through anciently and just like letting it come through me. I'm the bottleneck. And so um, if I really want to affect the, the the amount of people that I want to affect, I need more people to be this beacon of, of wisdom and power around being an intimacy innovator. So that's a little bit of the story. I love that. And I feel like you're really helping people now, like through this journey, like you're helping people connect to the, the intimacy with themselves. Oh yeah. And so Talk a little bit about, I mean, I'm sure there's a larger picture here too with like intimacy with another, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. that relationship with the body, like Mm -hmm. tell Mm -hmm. me a little bit about how that really shows up for people. Well, it's the one thing that is with us every single second for our entire existence. It is the only thing that will always be in our awareness and, and with us is our body. We start with it and we end with it in this, in this, in this plane, in this existence. So um, there's a saying, intimacy is into me, see, so seeing into me. So in order for me to create depthful connection, I say it's important for us to know what the hell's going on in our own body. Um, and I also, I also believe that our, our expression and experience with sexuality, I believe is an expression of our soul and like who we are at a very, very deep level. And that's, and that's intimate and that's vulnerable because if I, Celeste, and with you and I like reveal or share this, this part of me that's like so close to my soul and there's, there's a possibility that I could be rejected or made fun of or criticized and kicked out of the tribe and 
um, being alone and, and, and isolated and, and, and shame. And that's where we not want to, we don't want to go there as humans. Like, so we will do everything to avoid that. So yeah, it absolutely starts with our intimacy of, of knowing ourself. Um, and, and then there's also this point, and, and this is especially what I'm experiencing in, in my partnership right now in my life, my, my beloved, um, there was so much work that I could do on my own. There was so much work I could do with practitioners. There was so much work I could do. And then, and then this, the level that I'm experiencing around healing and pleasure are happening because I'm in this deep relationship and this deep love with another. So it's absolutely intimacy with ourself, but it's also like there's the other or others, if you will. Right. Yeah. Wow. And that is, there's so much there around, I could be rejected. What is it to voice what I actually want here? What is it to say? And just from my own personal journey, I, I um, thankfully did not experience something, you know, an intimacy out of force, but had grown up with so much religious shame around Mm-hmm. The body and being a woman and sexuality and you know Eve was the one who ate the apple and all you know all of that story that goes into women being innately you know the seductress and that's evil and all of that and I had to like unpeel a lot of that for myself yeah. to just even say oh I like to be touched this way Mm-hmm. you know, and, and to even like unravel that. So talk mm-hmm. to us a little bit about like what you see with people in that. Mm-hmm. Mm. And like how you're able to like help them unlayer. Yeah. Well, I mean, the easiest thing that I do is I listen to people and because I have so much liberation and so much freedom and so much acceptance around my body, around my pleasure, around my desires, around my fantasies, that it's, it's pretty much, it never happens where someone tells me something that they want or something that they desire. And I, and I have some sort of judgment or I have some sort of like, that's not okay because there's so much okayness over here. So it is somewhat, so what happens oftentimes is uh, I have, a conversation with people before I work with them to make sure we're a good fit. And oftentimes I'm a total stranger to them and they will say something. They're like, I've never said this out loud to anyone in my whole life. And this, I've been carrying this with me. And then, and it's like really, really scary for them to say it, but they trust me enough to say it. And then as soon as they say it and they, and they realize I'm not leaving them, I'm with them. I'm loving them. I'm accepting them just as they are. And I'm like, cool. So you're into men or like, oh, cool. So you're into anal. Okay, cool. Oh, you like to be choked. Okay, cool. Oh, wow. Okay. You like to be polyamorous. Okay. And then they're like, wait a minute. I didn't die. Wait a minute. I'm not bad. Wait a minute. I'm not a horrible human being. You know, oh, wait, there's no consequence. And I'm like, yeah. So like on a very simplified version, that's what I offer is just pure spaciousness of loving them and accepting them exactly where they are, where they probably convince themselves that nobody, that nobody could offer that them. And they've been holding on to that. And as soon as they say that, they're just like, whew, like, like physically they're lighter. It's like, they've been carrying this thing that they're like, I can't let anyone know that this thing is here. Cause if I do, I could die. And then, and then they do it and they're like, whoa. Uh, so 
I do that one-on-one with people and I also do that with groups. So I am a facilitator and that's, that's my passion and a lot of my mastery is in group work. And so what, to me, it's really fun. That's great. We can do that one-on-one and I do that and it works, but like to be able to do that with 20 or 30 or 40 people at the same time and, and like, and, and like everyone's supporting one another, because really a lot of our shame is like, well, I'm the only one like this. In fact, the book, um, Emily Nagoski, um, she wrote a great book. It's called Come As You Are. I wish all human beings would could read this book. Awesome, awesome resource. Um, and in her research, she found that the number one thing people are have uh, shame or fear around, around their sexuality, is am I normal? Am I normal? So... If we're in a group and someone's like, um, I really like to be dominated. And then they find out like half the other room likes to be dominated. They're like, oh, I'm not alone. There's not something wrong or broken with me. So um, that's that's the, the simplest thing that I offer. Now, it can get more complex than that. But that's like the foundation of who I am and the work that I do. I love that. And I, and I remember back to when I was a part of that group that you facilitated. And so it had, there was a group with men and then there was a group with women. And so women were allowed to sit and observe the men. And then the men were allowed to sit and observe the women and how powerful that was. And I, I remember you saying specifically like, once you walk out of this, you're not allowed to talk about what was said. Like, you're just like, this is completely confidential. You're, you're not allowed oh, yeah. to speak to anybody. Like other people's stories. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, right. And I, but I had a gentleman come up to me and I believe that my share was, it was, it was really big in my space at that moment, which was I had sex. Um, oh, how do I say this correctly? It was more out of obligation and it was, it was actually a way for me to not be intimate with people. Mm. It was a way for me to like, people were like, oh, I'm not having sex because it is so intimate and it is such this deep sharing. And I was like, I have sex, just the opposite. Like I have sex just to have sex. Like it's a thing you do. Yep. Um, And, and it was so fascinating because he came up to me and he was like, I really identify with what you said. Oh, and he had never been able to, I think, a verbalize it in such a way, think about it in that way. Yeah. And then to be able to say that to somebody else, you know what I mean? Who had like just had this experience and it was just like, it was connection. It was connecting and it was intimate to have that conversation. Yeah. Well, and that reminds me of the quote, Brene Brown, who I adore and love her work and around her work around vulnerability and shame. And, and I think she has a quote, the antidote to shame is empathy. And when we can empathize with one another, the, 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 the shame can't help but to dissolve. It doesn't have another option. It just does. Yeah. It's really powerful. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so freeing. Yeah, it's fun to be free. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's just so fun. I mean, it's just like it's like the freedom is like the joy of the two-year-old, right? Just like not giving any fucks, just like 
the world of wonderment and, and just like in honest and, and, and curiosity and exploration. And that's what I think a lot of adults are missing. And like they, they miss, they grieve, they're, they're in grief. They're missing that essence of the child. And, and there's so much, there's so much correlation when I think of us as adults, as being sexually free and liberated human beings, we're actually just tapping into our, our, our two-year-old innocent child selves before we, we like really took on all of the collective programming of how we should or shouldn't be around our bodies and sex and relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And, and the exploration, right? Like, what do I like? Has it changed? What else is there? Like, it's, mm -hmm. it's so powerful. And, and it's so interesting because just like in this conversation, what came up for me is one of the pillars that I really believe on in, in my work is that orgasm is the way to abundance. And mm -hmm. so I'm curious about your thoughts on that. And mm -hmm. I feel like there's such a correlation. Like, it's not only like a literal thing, but it's also like an analogy like once we're really able to be in our body and um, allow it to flow, mm. Mm -hmm. we're just able to allow more and more and more mm -hmm. into our experience. Yeah, I, I absolutely believe that there is a correlation between, and I want to be careful. I, I noticed myself like being a little bit like tight around like, uh, the, the word orgasm correlating its abundance only because there's so much tension or pressure around like what is orgasm. So I really like to talk about orgasmic energy as opposed to it being like a climactic orgasm of like, oh, that's the thing that you need. Because there's plenty of people who don't actually experience what we would typically call an orgasm. So I, I want to say orgasmic states or orgasmic energy. And I, I definitely do believe that they're, they're can be not always, but I think there is um, a potency of, of a correlation between our ability to receive pleasure and experience orgasmic energy, and our experience, our, our ability and capacity to receive abundance and support and flow of of, of energy, and, and even in the form of money, and abundance of whatever abundance. Abundance means for someone. It could be abundance of friends, or abundance of sex, or abundance of um, monies, or time. Abundance of time, like freedom, right? So, yeah, there's definitely a correlation there. Yeah, thank you. Because I was like, I see it, but I'm, you know, like it's always yeah. like fun to talk about that, especially with someone who is so open. Mm -hmm. um, because it is. I think you're right. It is orgasmic energy. It is that. And what can I receive? How much more can I receive? How much more? Yes. How much more can we receive? Right. Right. <laughs> and there is, there's this energy with people. My spiritual teacher talks about this havingness. How much are you allowing yourself to have? Mm -hmm. um, and, and it is, it's the same thing as the receiving, like how much am I allowed to receive? Mm -hmm. and, and it's so, so dominant in pleasure for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit, like, do you do retreats around this? Do you do like, I know you live currently in Denver area, correct? I do. And I travel quite a bit. I go to California and Texas. Those are kind of my two other States that I do a, a fair amount of work in, 
but yeah, I have evening workshops. I have full day workshops. I have retreats. I work one-on-one -on -one with clients over zoom. I work with um, clients in person. Sometimes it's hands-on sexological body work and sometimes it's talk based and it really just depends. So um, all of my work is trauma informed, which is really important, especially when I'm talking about sex, because almost every single human being on the planet has some sort of trauma around their sex or their genitals or their relationships. So, um, yeah, and and what I uh, okay, so this is really fun. Um, a couple years ago, I something dawned on me. I was like, whoa, all of my degrees, which sometimes seemingly seem separate from the others. I realized like they coalesced and every single work, every single job I've had and all of my degrees actually uh, are applicable to what I'm doing right now. And so this thought occurred to me, which is, um, I believe that our healing and our transformation doesn't always have to be hard and painful. And a lot of my clients and a lot of my retreats and a lot of my events, people actually experience cathartic freedom and healing through play. Mm. Uh, so um, trust me, you, I am not afraid to go to the shadows and the pain and the darkness, and I go there often. That is part of my work as well. And it doesn't have to. But the reason what I was saying is my, my undergraduate degree, which was therapeutic recreation, working with people with disabilities, using recreation as a form of therapy and healing, which it's like, oh, I'm just doing the same thing now. It just looks like a conscious kink play party or, um, a, a, you know, a, a festival party, a, you know, play parties and such like that. So um, I like getting to interweave. Let's do some deep dive hard, painful, let's look at our shame, let's cathart, let's emote, let's get it out. And then also let's play. Um, because without doing some regulation and resourcing and, and enjoy and pleasure, just doing the shadow work to me is incomplete. So, so a lot of my, my work kind of weaves those, those two things together. Mm, I love that. Me too. And it feels good. And it also, I can see as someone who has gone into the shadows pretty deeply myself, um, you can get lost there. Yeah. Not um, having the play come back in. And, and mm -hmm. I thankfully had some help to get back into that space. And you know what I mean? And, and was able to get there through my own, just being like, okay, this is either going to end or I have to get out of this. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, which is a very difficult place to be and many people don't make it out. So it is important to like, and I love it. It just feels responsible to me as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Like taking mm -hmm. people on that journey of like, yeah, you want to see it. And then what else is there? You know? Yeah. yeah. Curiosity. Mm -hmm. I love mm -hmm. it. So what is, uh, like, do you have any events coming up, like retreats? Like I have all kinds of events. I mean, you just go to my website and it's like, pfft, it's just retreats and events all the time. Um, I'm, in, I'm in Denver right now. Our next uh, two events we have is a Conscious Kink Play Party. Um, and then we have a women's, ooh, and I'm doing a new one. It's called Kinky Puja. So it's creating ceremony and it's for couples around Valentine's Day. So it's the ceremony with couples and we're taking them into their heart space, heart connection, and then giving them some fun kink exercises to play with, power dynamics, sensation play. Um, so I'm super excited about that one. That one's a new one. I'm always in innovating stuff because I just have so much joy in like being this creative because I'm so sexual. I'm also really creative, which wow. those two things go together. Um, but I would say 
the very most exciting thing that I'm doing, which I have just launched is the Sex Catalyst Academy, which is the train the trainer program essentially. So for, for many years, like I said earlier, people are like, how do you do what you do? And I wanna do what you do and I wanna bring this in my city and I wanna do my own thing or I wanna facilitate your thing. So I'm stepping into boldly and vulnerably and courageously, which means I'm also have some fear around and I'm like, I'm unwilling just to let my fear that I'm not ready to train people um, be bigger than my courage to do it. And so I have, um, yep, the, the program starts in May. And um, I'm also, and the other part of me that I'm like, my job is so cool because there's going to be 20 people in this academy, this training program, six-month program. <clears throat> I like get to hang out with these people and I get to learn from these people and really where I often come from as a leader is the balance between dignity and humility. Uh, and what I mean by that is dignity, meaning I have experience, I have knowledge, I have wisdom, and I'm, I'm very credible about what I do. And then the humility piece is like, there's so much I don't know. It's endless what I don't know. And almost every single workshop, I orient myself to what can I learn from this group today? And I hold the group that I know the smartest person in the room is the group. The, the most wisdom is within all of us. And so I really, and I believe that's why, that's why I'm such a powerful facilitator is because I'm coming from that place of like, there's someone in the room that showed up to heal and support somebody else. And if I think as a leader that I'm supposed to be the one to do that for everyone, I am, I am cutting everyone short. So going back to the Academy, like I'm excited that I get to be with like badass leaders who are already doing cool shit. And we get to like mastermind together, dive deep together and also continue to do our healing work. Like there are some people who are in this Academy who are diving in because they want to continue their their healing journey and their 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 personal growth work. So a lot of times when I go to a training, I'm like, I'm going to go learn a skill or I'm going to go learn how to do this thing. And then I'm like <laughs> confronted with a past trauma or a blind spot or something. And I'm like, okay, so even though it's, you know, train the trainer program, it's, it's, it's also a personal healing and development program as well. I love it. Thank you for your vulnerability and even sharing that because I think so often like when we sign up for programs and do things like not understanding that the facilitator is getting so much out of it as well. And if they're not, then they're not open to that, but that, you know, that's a different story, but, yeah. and I just really want to honor you for allowing your mission to be bigger than your fear. Like, cause I know how scary it can be to do the new things, especially with something like creating an academy and certification program and all of that. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. honor you and really, yeah, I'm so excited for these people and for your, you. For yeah. And you know, it's, I mean, it's a pretty rat. I think it's a pretty radical way to lead, which I'm saying out loud Hey y'all, I have fear of starting this thing and I'm doing it anyway. And the people that are coming to me to this program, that's what they're up against. 
right? Like the very thing that's stopping them from creating the magic and the wisdom that I know is within them is their fear. And so if I'm going to lead, I, I, I have this saying, I don't know where it came from. I won't lead anyone that I'm not willing to go myself. Yes. So if I'm telling them I'm going to lead this academy and I'm scared and I'm going to do it anyway, and it's going to be epic and amazing and mind blowing. And there's going to be a lot of learning for all of us. Um, so can you in your hometown, this workshop that you've been sitting on that you think you've got to have it perfect, or you, you think you're not ready for, or you need one more certification or you need one more fucking thing. You don't need to, you just need to do it and do it. Even if you're scared. Thank you. And thank you for your passion around that and your emotion. And oh, I just, yes, yes. And, and I applaud you and I, I'm celebrating you because I have been so scared to do so many things and, and then not necessarily even talking about that with people, right? Like there is this space in our culture that is like, well, I have to put on this persona and I know all the things and I'm okay. And I got the, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. And it's bullshit. It, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's no longer, our culture will no longer allow that to work. That way of being is done. Right. The, the masked version of ourselves is causing too much toxicity and is unworkable. And it's dying away. And I, it's dying away. Right? I, I, I do a, um, just as a side note, because it feels prevalent to this conversation. Um, I'm part of a business networking group and and which the way I see it now is like the old paradigm of business is like this two dimensional model, right? It's, it's hi, I'm Celeste. This is how I dress. And this is how I perceive, this is how I allow you to think of me. And this is, you know, it's almost like a cardboard cutout, right? And, and I'm moving like, and I'm, and so then I show up and I did talk about orgasm as the way to abundance and I had some raised eyebrows, but I was like, not to be crude, right? What is the, what do we need for orgasm? We need to feel safe mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and we need to feel safe in our business and in our bodies in order to create abundance. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I talked about that mind, body, spirit connection. You need to be all in alignment to mm -hmm. orgasm as well as to create money in your business. And so mm -hmm. I was able to like kind of get the eyebrows to go down a little bit, but I was like, I, I know I no longer. And I, I think this is why your work is so important. It's like, it's okay to talk about these things. Oh yeah. It's okay to feel good. It's okay to explore your body and to be honest about what your fantasies are and what your, you know, what's going on for you. And to heal the trauma that has come up, however, that has, um, so it is, I think it's, I mean, we could talk about 5D too, but, but for most people not understanding that, like it's, uh, it's the 2D business model to the 3D, which is no, I'm going to be all of me. This is all of me. Yep. Yep. It's and so, so I, I love that you're doing this. Yeah. I mean, that's how, that's how I show up with my clients my one-on-one -on -one clients, like they're like the, who they get is Hazel Grace. Like they're oh. just, it's just all the time. Like there is no other persona. Right. 
<laughs> all of Hazel Grace. Yeah. And that's the other thing, right? Like, yes, I'm scared to do this academy. And yes, but I'm still doing it because it's more important than me. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. Like the mission um, is more important. I, I just had this random, very like fun tip thing for, for folks to try out. Um, I'm not sure why this is coming through, but I, I just want to name it and share it. So talking about exploration of our bodies and pleasure, I think oftentimes what happens either with self-pleasure or self-play or uh, couples is the fear of trying something if they're not going to like it either if they're going to hurt the other person's feelings or like, or assume that they're not going to like it. So uh, a very practical practice that you can do either with your self-pleasure. So if it was my self-pleasure, be like, okay, today when I masturbate or self-pleasure, I'm going to try this thing and I'm going to be okay, even if I don't like it and I'm going to try it. And you can do that in, in your partner practice too, of like going to your honey and being like, Hey, I feel a little nervous and shy about asking for this, but I really want to try this thing. I have no idea if I'm going to like it. Is it going to be okay if I don't like it? Or is it going to be okay if you don't like it? Because if we can be okay about us like not liking the thing, then there's so much more spaciousness and permission to give it a go. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. It feels really nourishing. And just, again, it, you know, you let people have permission it's like seeking that permission, not only with ourselves, but with our partner. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like laying it out in that way, just in, invites then the honesty mm -hmm. to have the conversation afterwards or during or whatever. Right. Yeah. So it's, yeah, go it's on. sort of like, I'm bad or I'm broken or it means something about you as a relationship if I don't like a thing. So if we have all these layers of like what it, what it might mean if I don't like a thing, then that's, it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be like, yeah, let's try it. Like, Ugh. so yeah. 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 It just takes the pressure off. Yeah. It gets to just be a thing that you try. Yeah. Maybe you like yeah. it. Maybe you don't. Sex is way more fun when there's not pressure. Or expectations. Or expectations. Yep. Ah. Mm -hmm. Which create pressure and create, uh, you know, also something I work with is um, people having either pain, painful genital or painful sex and or dysfunction of some capacity. So, you know, that um, trauma lives in our body. Our negative beliefs live in our body. Um, our dislike or disdain for our body shows up in its physical manifestations sometimes. And so, um, we, yeah, I work with, on the level of what is, why might there be pain or why might there be some dysfunction happening on the level of your body that is, has kind of nothing to do with the actual physical part, but it actually represents something else much bigger than, than, than the part. Um, and, and so much, yeah, so much, so many people carry and hold tension and trauma in, in their pelvic floor area. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So if someone is experiencing that, mm -hmm. maybe now it's just coming to light just from hearing this conversation, mm -hmm. is there some type of guidance or tip that you can give to them to kind of yeah. help alleviate that? 
Yeah. So if you are a pussy haver, um, one who has a pussy or identifies as having a pussy, I will say this, the number one thing, if there is any pain associated with genital stimulation or sex of any kind, the number one the number one cause is often lack of lubrication. So it's real easy. Get some lube. If you got pain of any kind, just try lube. It's a very cheap experiment to see if it helps. So that that's one thing. Um, oftentimes, the other second reason that people have genital pain, uh, pussy havers anyway, is um, not enough time of um, engorgement process. So warming up and quote unquote, what some people call foreplay. Uh, I don't necessarily like that because I like it to be all play instead of it. Now we do this and now we do this. It's like, no, let's just play. And part of the play is actually allowing, permissioning our bodies to have the space and the time for it to properly um, engorge. And what I mean by engorge is that there is as much rectile tissue in the um, the genitals of both sexes. And um, it just takes 20 to 40 minutes for pussies. Mm -hmm. To, to become fully engorged and plump enough to ready for active penetration. So that, that's, that's, an, that's an area. Beyond those two things, if it's a pretty consistent painful problem, I would recommend that you seek out, there are physical therapists that do pelvic floor work. Mm -hmm. There are sexological body works, uh, body work practitioners such as myself. You can search for them in your area. They do hands-on trauma healing, clearing work with them. Um, and then as far as our cock havers, um, if there is pain, I mean, one place to start is start with your doctor, make sure that there's nothing actually like medically going on wrong. So that's always a place that I, I point people to go. Um, but beyond that, you know, it's like, it depends on what, what the dis dysfunction or the pain is. Um, but I would say that for most cock havers, the very after the doctor, the very, very, very first place to start is tuning in and listening to your body and noticing what's happening because there's oftentimes a disconnect of feeling and awareness and, and like noticing what's happening on the body level. Yoga is a really great thing. Meditation is a really great thing. Authentic relating is a really great thing. Somatic experiencing therapy is a really great thing. Um, start having a conversation. One of the things I have a lot of my clients do is I'll have them start a journal and the journal is like, dear cock, what I want to tell you today is this. And then the cock will respond, dear John, this is how I'm feeling today. And actually like engaging in a relational, relational conversation with your body parts, including your genitals. And, and it's, and it's, and it's interesting is like most, a lot of times they're like, do what? I'm sorry. What, what do you want me to talk to my, my body parts? And there's like, there's this resistance. And then as soon as they give themselves like the chance or the permission to, to try it, they're like, Oh, there's actually like a lot of information because a lot of the stuff around um, inability to ejaculate with a partner or premature ejaculation or erectile dysfunction. Um, not all of it, but a lot of it is just actually disconnect from the body. So get, let's, let's start getting back into connection with the body. Mm, I love that. And I, I mean, it's all so good, but the letter writing is like specifically like very special to me um, because I did 40 days in silence over the summer and I wrote five books and three of them were letters series. Wow. Yeah. And so one of them, 
they'll be released eventually uh, soon this year, but, um, in 2020, um, but one of them was letters to money. Oh, one of them was letters to myself. Nice. And one of them was letters to God source higher power. So when it was to self, was it, which selves were communicating? It was, it was, that's a fascinating question that I had not thought about. It was literally like love letters to myself. So I would write, dear oh. last. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Was there like a call and response or was it just- I didn't do call and response, but now I've got lots of questions. I've got lots of ideas around that. <laughs> cool. And I, because I think it's such a powerful process. Yeah. You know, I, I just had this idea. One, one, one thing could be writing to your, a call and response to your- five-year future self or your higher self or your like on your deathbed self you know it was it was really around it was really around like the idea was to deepen my self-love right so you say I'm gonna write 40 days worth of letters a letter every day mm-hmm. to myself what do I love about myself uh-huh. and at the beginning you're like do I really love 40 things about myself like, is there something, you know what I mean? Like how many things can you really list? Well, I really love myself. So I think that'd be kind of easy for me, but I can imagine that for most people. For most people, I don't, I think that, and for me at the time, it was like, can I really think of 40 things? Like, is that yeah. really the thing that's going to happen? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I will say that, and I did write this in there. I, I don't remember when it was, when the switch was, but there yeah. was at one point where I went, Wow. I could continue this process. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, you know, I think sometimes we get disconnected uh-huh. mm-hmm. in so many ways. And, and I think, so to me, it's a really powerful process. So I love this call and response with the cock, with the pussy, with your future self, with your soul, mm-hmm. like yeah, everything, with everything, sure. writing, physically writing. I'm assuming your clients are physically writing. Below. Yeah. Yeah. Totally really powerful. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) I love that. (sighs) Do you feel called to share anything else about your work and about like, no, I mean, I, I feel I was, I was, I was, that was a lot. (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't, nothing else is on top for me. I love it. Yeah. I really super appreciate you doing this with me and mm-hmm. going deep into this and being vulnerable and showing yourself fully, Dr. Hazel Grace. I think you're really incredible. I'm so grateful that we met um, a few years ago. And yeah. Um, and also, as a personal note, like when I changed my full name, I loved being able to learn that you had changed your first name. And so yeah. do you want to tell a little story around that? Yeah. I came into the world, Vicki and Bobby, my parents named me Brooke Emily Yates. And as a child, I was like, I don't, I never liked my name ever. And then I was um, crowned Queen Bee at the age of 25 at Burning Man. And I went by... 
yeah, so then I kept going by Brooke in my regular life and then Queen Bee at festival life. And then um, at some point, I think it was like 28, 29, maybe when I found my clitoris, that's probably when um, I started going by Queen Bee full time and I almost legally changed my name to Queen Bee. No shit. I was at the courthouse. I was like very close to changing my name legally to Queen Bee. And um, years later, I was realizing Queen Bee was turning off some of my potential people that I want to impact because it, it was too much, to, you know, so it was creating a chasm instead of a connection. And so I still go by Queen Bee by those who know. Um, and um, anyway, there's a lot, I mean, long story, but Facebook shut my account, Facebook shut my account down. They're like, you have to use your legal name, which was like a big impact on my career because no one knew who Brooke was anymore. Like, nope, nope, nobody knew my name. They only knew Queen Bee. And, um, I was like, shit, I need to come up with a new name. Brooke won't work and Queen Bee won't work. I, I need to come up with a new name. And I waited, which felt like forever, many months until Spirit delivered my name. And it, and it was like Hazel Grace. And it came into me like a lightning bolt. I was like, that's my name. That's my name. And what was really, really cool. I love it so much. Um, so Queen Bee was Queen B-E. So to me, it was like the beingness of like queen of being human and beingness. And, and um, when I looked up the name, the meaning of Hazel, after I had a naming ceremony, I scheduled a naming ceremony with my best friends and Hazel means female commander. Wow. So like wow. a graceful female commander and so to me, the reason why it's important that I hear the name Grace and Grace is in my name is because it's a constant reminder that I have access and I am capable of being Grace. And if I'm not being Grace and I hear someone call my name, it's like, it almost like does a little bit of a slap. Like, what do I need to be right now so that I can be Grace? Because I, I, I have access to it. So it's not like I'm always graceful. Trust you me, that's not true. Um, but it's a, it's a beautiful reminder. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I, I remember when you were kind enough to share that story with me um, over the phone. And, and you had made mention, like, I wish everyone, even if they weren't changing their names, would have a naming ceremony and claim their name. And yeah. I was like, wow, there's so much power in that, in the choice, in the conscious decision. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it reminds me a little bit about um, reclaiming our bodies because there's the same way that based on our evolution and based on how we are have evolved as human beings, when we are babies – we do not have authority and rights over our bodies. Mm. We do not have a right to tell our mother when we are four months old to not change us now. We're not ready. We don't have a right to our bodies. Mm. And so there is no, so that's what a lot of the work that I do with clients is reclaiming this vessel as mine and no one gets to touch it unless I say when and how. So it's interesting that this is coming up right now because I'm realizing that, that this, that, that is the naming thing is similar to the reclaiming of the body. And there's nothing wrong with the fact that we don't have rights and authority over our bodies. It's like, that's just the way that our, our human existence is right now. And 
there's nothing right now in our culture that creates ceremony, rite of passage, or education, or some sort of like cultural recognition, okay, like your body, um, you didn't have authority over it, and now you do. And, and really that's what a lot of we as sexological bodywork practitioners and somatic sex educators are, are doing is, is supporting them in, in getting to reclaim that, which was um, not theirs at one point. Thank you. I love how that just tied together. That is so powerful. <laughs> Me too. I was like, yeah, there's nothing else. And then. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You, you knew there was something else, right? <laughs> My higher self did. That's why I came out. <laughs> I didn't consciously. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love it. Yeah. I'm always like, I'm just saying what comes up for me. And I know that for whoever is wanting this question, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's totally, uh -huh. I believe that we're channels and it's just, yeah. what are we, what are we channeling? And, mm -hmm. and so I always say like, this is not me. This is just, right. I'm just the vessel, just like you are for your work. Yep. Totally. And, and yeah. So thank you. And yeah. so you have gifted our listeners with uh, really exciting opportunities. So I'd love it if you would mm -hmm. like dive into sharing a little bit more about that. Yeah. I mean, really the most precious resource I have is my time and my presence. And the, the gift I have is 45 minutes with me. And in that 45 minutes, you will get a chance to share and be heard and seen and loved and accepted just as you are as a human being around your body, your sex, your relationship, and also to support you in getting clarity around what it is that's not working, what it is that you do want, and a path of what might help you get there. And that, that path may look like working with me. And if it doesn't, I'll do my very best to point you in the directions and to make recommendations and resources that would support the path that you're on. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. And so where would they be able to go to find that? Yeah, just my website, hazelgracieates.com. Perfect. And I'll put the links below as well on, on yeah. divinefeminineleaders.com backslash hazel hyphen grace hyphen Yates. And okay. Yeah. And I was just gonna say, and my, my, if you if you type hazelgracieates.com with no with no dash, it'll take you to Dr. Hazel Grace Yates. It's the same website, just different names. So perfect. Perfect. Love the redirects. <laughs> this is so much fun. So amazing. Thank you so much, Dr. Hazel yeah. Grace. Yeah, you're welcome. My pleasure. My honor. My pleasure. Like actual pleasure. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Oh, it's such an honor to be here, to be able to um, witness you, your work in the world, how you are really helping people step up and uh, grow more impact and helping them really with their sexuality and their intimacy and really just thank you. Thank you for showing up even through the fear and knowing how important this mission is. Yeah, super. It's why I'm here. Yeah. Can't, I can't not in some ways. And you're welcome. <laughs> Both. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So this is the Divine Feminine Leaders podcast. We are a feminine view of entrepreneurship for women, by women. 
most every week we have amazing interviews with incredible women who are really living life on their terms and so we really appreciate you if you love this content we would love it if you would subscribe that helps other people find us in the search engines and if you have any questions you can go to divinefeminineleaders.com and let me know you can post comments i'll make sure that they get to dr hazel grace if you have a difficult time finding her website and we thank you so much for your presence, for your love, for your understanding, and we will see you next week. Mm.